This is Joe Dorville, a.k.a. Headphone Joe, a.k.a. The Beanie Boy, and I'm here with my co-host, as always. What's going on, everybody? It's Brennan Tassif. The Beanie Boy, Joe Dorville, is back. Back in the building. Uh, This is Cheers from the Press Box, as you know, because you hit it on your, (laughs) I don't want to say Apple devices, but your podcast devices. Uh, That's all a phone is at this point, right? That's all I assume people's phone is, because I do so many podcasts. Podcasts? Podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we are going to do, we're going to start off with the kickoff, as always. We're going to go over the draft and anything else that happened in the NFL. Did anything happen in the NFL, Brennan? Uh, something interesting might have happened. Something interesting might have happened. Uh, we've got some NBA topics we want to talk about, plus the last week of the NHL regular season. Then we got some quick hits for you folks, and then me and Brennan have some walk-offs. Brennan, you know what time it is. Time for the kickoff! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Oh, here we go. Brennan, uh, you might have missed it, but apparently one Aaron Ricky Rogers oh. yes, sir. asked for a trade demand yeah, this of was- sorts. This was crazy. So Aaron Rodgers, about seven hours before the NFL draft kicked off, uh, said he hates it in Green Bay, not the city itself, but he doesn't. Uh, I believe itself. his exact quote was uh, he has uh, no love for anyone in the front office, basically hates everyone in the front office for a variety of reasons. That was the uh, end of the quote, a variety of reasons. Once out, Adam Schefter reported he said he does not plan on returning to Green Bay, nor will he play in Green Bay. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported that he it was so dumb, but the Jeopardy thing is a real thing. <laughs> Which <clears throat> I agree with some of the other people out there. If you still have the ability to be an NFL quarterback, you're not going to go host a game show unless you hate football, which we don't think Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah. So it's a leverage or timing. Think, but- if he really wants out, though, of Green Bay, this was horrible timing. I think this was his way of being like, fuck you guys for all the years that they never drafted a weapon for him in the first round and also for taking Jordan Love last year. He was yeah. basically. That's that's what I think it was because he yeah, knows he's not going to get traded the day of the draft. I think it was a kick in the nuts. Like, hey, last year around this time, you told me I was expiring by drafting my replacement. Effectively, this year I'm going to say fuck off, uh, yeah, and ruin your draft night and make you have to answer all these damn questions. Yeah, because there's no way everyone's so laser focused in on the draft at that point. Like, um. The uh, GM for the Green Bay Packers said he got one call and it was a call that they didn't accept the trade. That was it. Mm. But because everyone else is in their war rooms getting ready for the draft, like you can't just stop everything like, oh, I know we've been working on this stuff for months. This is the future of our franchise, but let's drop everything to try to move mountains to get Aaron Rodgers like in the last like hours before the draft. Like he did it as a fuck you because he knew he wasn't going to get traded. He knew he wasn't going to get traded that night. I think he still can get traded. Um, you think that's a possibility long term? Yeah, I think it's a possibility because, I mean, 
With Aaron Rodgers as the disgruntled employee, I don't know how that gets resolved. Uh, yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is that he holds a grudge. Like, it's documented. Like, yeah. he barely talks like to he his doesn't brother. Even talk he, to doesn't, his yeah, yeah. he doesn't even talk to his family. Yeah, he doesn't even talk to his family. So um, he'll hold a grudge for sure. But, um, no, so his name's Aaron Charles Rodgers, by the way. Um, it's not Ricky? It's not Ricky. <laughs> but, um, no, I... I, I I thought this was a big middle finger. And I do think the Jeopardy thing is in play for the fact that if he wants to take a year off, he can just do Jeopardy for a year. Yeah. So the Green Bay Packers GM, I think it was the Green Bay Packers GM, Brian uh, Gutenkunst, said that Dukes. Aaron Rodgers will either be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers or a game show host, which yeah. is basically like, we are not trading you. Like, I don't, we, they don't give a shit. <laughs> And see, but I don't, that's the I, same thing that they're saying in Seattle about yeah, Russell I Wilson. Say, I don't and like I don't, them taking that stance because they know they 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 know what they've been doing. They know he's not happy. They know they've been fucking this up for so long. Yeah, like for you to now say, "Oh, he's not leaving." It's not like you've made this a fucking luxury position. Yes, the team has been good, but that's because twelve is in the huddle. Without twelve in that huddle, that's a 10, that's not a 10 win team. That's a six win I mean, team they, at best. They have an all pro left tackle. They do have a pretty good offensive line. The defense, I mean, the the one uh Jenkins, I think it is, uh, their one corner had like quarterbacks against him had like a 35 QB rating. Um, I mean, the rest of them it was 95% against the re- or 95 QB <laughs> rating against the rest of the DBs. So they went out and got a corner in the first round. I I I don't hey, think Brady, it'd be you know that- how many times they got in the corner in the first round? Uh, four in the last eight years, I think. And where are those other guys? One of them got burnt <laughs> by Scotty Miller for a fucking touchdown last year. Desmond <laughs> yeah, King, that's shout true. out to you, who they then re-signed. <laughs> but, well, I, I just don't think it'd be, I, I know it'd be a significant drop off if Aaron wasn't in the huddle, but I don't think, I don't think they'd fall to below, you know, I yes, don't, depending will. on who they got in there. Yes, I think if Jordan Love took over, they'd be a 500 team. That's what I think. No, they would not. You know Why? Because I think we Love might was, find out. <laughs> Jordan Love was on the team. Like, we might find out. Jordan Love was on the team last year, and you know how you like to bring up uh 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 what's your boy's name? Playoff Lenny. All his uh healthy scratches during the regular season. Yeah, Jordan Love had like half of the games where he was a healthy scratch. They didn't even bring him as a number two quarterback. So oh, if you wow, can't even be case. the number two quarterback, I did not know that. That's a good. That's a good nugget <laughs> I don't of information think to you're have. Ready? I don't think yeah. they think you're ready. Yeah, this is weird. So the reason I find it fascinating is because I think in the NBA, obviously, a single player can make a huge difference, which is why the player player empowerment era has kind of taken over in the NBA, because you need those one players, those specific players. So you would much rather get something back for them if they're just going to walk. I think in the NFL, a lot of GMs, especially in 100% almost of owners, still have this old school mindset of, well, you're going to play for us, so you're not going to play at all. I think the NFL quarterback is someone who could change that. But at the same time, I think it's someone who could change it, but I don't think they're going to change it. If that Does that make sense? Like, I think these GMs are still going to stick to the you'll play for us or you won't play at all mindset because... No, they're obviously going to stick to that. But, I mean, after you've seen what Tom Brady did last year, yeah, literally one man leaving, going to another team. That team wins the Super Bowl. It's like, okay, maybe there 
is a template where if one guy goes to the right team, it has could, to be a team that's already established kind of. Yeah. Though. Um, like that defense has been sick for the last three years. We had, I mean, let's not forget this all season started with a bunch of upheaval mm-hmm. at the quarterback position. It got derailed because somebody's a nasty man, allegedly. Um, <laughs> And then Russell just decided to go back into the kitchen and uh, yeah, assess was, his groceries. It was so weird. We thought at the beginning of this offseason there would be all this quarterback movement. And there there never is. Every never year is. we think, and then there we never is. Ourselves. And then again, we well, got it we, again. We've never, we've never had so many quarterbacks just come out right and say, hey, get rid of them. That's true. That yeah, was, I went that out, was yeah. the thing that was like, whoa, wait a second. This this feels different. I was like, you're allowed to say that in the NFL? Yeah. You could just be like, like get me out of here? Like, whoa, man, I didn't know anybody could really just go to the front office and say, hey, I'm out. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. um, I'm anxious to see because I still hold to the belief that Russell Wilson is going to one out. But that, like you said, that kind of quieted down this Aaron Rodgers thing that was a blatant just fuck you to the Green Bay Packer organization. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Last (laughs) last statements on last last judgment on this. You think he's out this year or no? No. I think he's out. Look at us. <laughs> All right, Brennan. For what the folks really wanted. Yeah, let's get to time the big to topic at hand. Draft. Dun dun. Oh, I won't do it again. No, Did something happen? Something happened this weekend? Something happened. A little a little uh shenanigan called the NFL draft. It's a big hullabaloo. Uh big ordeal. Um, Brennan, I got a question for you though. Yep. What was the biggest shocker to you? Because we're not going to go down and break pick by pick. We don't have enough um, time for that. No, not at all. I think the biggest shocker was Trey Lance. Uh, I was convinced they were taking Mac Jones from Adam Schefter first reporting they were going to take Mac Jones. I thought Mac Jones was a plug and play guy right now. And I thought they were going to try to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo immediately, if not try to trade him during the draft. Trey Lance will be a project. Um, everyone is aware of that, but Trey Lance had the best film when it came to motions and uh, pre-play setups and stuff like that, which is what Kyle Shanahan loves to do in that offense. Um, So I I was shocked. I guess it's the biggest shock for me because I was so convinced it was Mac Jones. It's a great pick. He'll have Jimmy Garoppolo there to kind of mentor him. I don't know. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has been to a Super Bowl. He's not, he's not a terror. He's not a bad quarterback. I think they want to do the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes thing. I just, don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is Alex Smith, and I don't think Trey Lance is Patrick Mahomes. But I, I understand. I can see what they're doing. But that was the biggest shock for me. Okay. That and one more, Jamar Chase, after what happened to Joe Burrow last year. I was I was dumbfounded. They didn't take Penny Sewell. How about you? Um, so I, I'll say why that wasn't a shocker to me, because that's not my biggest shock. Um. I knew they wasn't fucking going Mac Jones. I could not believe. I know you. You were on it early. You were on it early. I was like, "Come on, man! You really gonna tell me you're trading all that capital to get a fucking quarterback guy you could have gotten a ham sandwich uh, right before the damn cameras start rolling?" Just real quick, that's hilarious that he walks around Alabama with some of the most chiseled out of onyx, like specimens of human beings, and he's like, "Now I'm gonna rock this dad bod. What's up? I'm gonna win a national (laughs) title. What's up?" 22 with a dad, but like, Jesus, it. Um, but no, I, I think he's been a product of the Alabama system. Uh, I think it was what five of his re- receivers were all drafted, like in the first round over the last two years. 
Yeah, in the last um, two years. Yep. But uh, who was your also, biggest shock, though? Oh, and there was another thing I wanted to say about the Trey Lance pick. I forgot it now. Um, my biggest shock was Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace getting okay. the rope to make another first round trade to get another quarterback. Now, flashback. This is the Mulligan three pick. years ago where, again, these two teams, funny enough, San Francisco is in the number three spot. Are they in the number two spot? Number two spot. They're in the number two spot. Jesus H. They're in the number two spot. Chicago's in the three spot. Oh, that's what I was going to say about Trey Lance. Uh, once they said they weren't getting rid of Jimmy G, I was like, they're not going Mac Jones. Yeah. Because why no, would right. you get Mac Jones if you're going to keep Jimmy G? Um, so Chicago makes the dumbest decision to trade up one's pick <laughs> to get Mitch Trubisky, who, mind you, everybody's talking about Trey Lance only playing, what was it, like 14 17. games? 17 games. Mitch Trubisky only started 13 games. Yep. I was <laughs> going to bring Trubisky that up. Mitch Trubisky was a one-year starter for a middling North Carolina team, but he looked the part. And so everybody pre-draft talk themselves into getting him. That's what I was thinking of when I thought Mr. Bisky. I was thinking of Zach Wilson, who no one knew who the hell he was. He played no power five team this year and vaulted his way because of a pandemic shortened season and BYU has an independent schedule. So they're on TV whenever and they can be seen by whomever. So Zach Wilson is my Mr. Bisky this year. Um, Ooh. But they did. They had a pretty good draft, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they with a lot of pieces. Um, but yeah, a so lot. Elijah Moore so dropping that far. <laughs> Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy then admonish Mitch Trubisky. A whole, we have a horrible saga. He's closing TVs and house hall and da 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 da. And everybody thinks they're getting fired. I'm shocked they weren't fired this year. If not, they're going to get fired the following year. And oh, they yeah. get the rope to then make another trade to mortgage more of the future for the next GM and coach that comes in after this season. Yeah, they don't care about the future because if this doesn't work out, they're gone. And they trade up and they grab Justin Fields. Now, I think Justin Fields is going to be good, but I don't think he's going to be good immediately. I don't think he's going to play well enough to have them keep their jobs. If he does, then, boy, he is that he is something that everybody missed. <laughs> he is something else, to quote Kevin Hart. If he could get them to keep their jobs, that means uh, the Jets, we're looking at you. You better have a great fucking season. Um, so, yeah. That what do you was think? That, what is keep shocker. their jobs? Keep their jobs. What do you think Justin Fields is, has to do for them to keep their jobs? They were just in the playoffs. They need to get back to the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Playoffs. They, they have to make to the, the playoffs. playoffs with Mitch and Nick Foles. So they'd have to get to the playoffs or at least improve on the record. I think they were eight and eight and they got to the playoffs with nine and seven. So they'd have to be nine and seven, 10 and six. All right. All right. Brennan, what yep. team had the best draft in your opinion? So this, <clears throat> I struggled with this because there's a couple, there's a couple things I wanted to factor in. So originally I was looking at it like, Oh, what team like followed my idea of team building. And we've mm -hmm. all, I've talked about it on walk-offs before. And we you know, know you're you bad at team building because you walk off last week. I'm very good at team building because <laughs> of my walk-off last week. Uh, 
No, but we've talked about it before that no, it's no one player. Even when Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers, they had that defense in place. They had those weapons on uh, the outside on offense. So it's no one player can transform an entire team. You need to build a team. And I believe in building, starting the team building in the, the trenches. Team, but okay. I believe starting, well, <laughs> team was eight and eight before he got there. He got there. Joe, that doesn't matter. They had, the, they had two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. They have one of the top five defenses okay, in the NFL. You need somebody to get them the ball and you need somebody I, to not turn over the ball. So that I understand that. Fresh. But if you put Tom Brady in the Detroit Lions, they're not winning a Super Bowl. If you put that's Tom Brady not, in 30 other what, teams, that's, that's not they're not winning I a Super Bowl. Either. I didn't you say, said one player transformed the whole team. I said he transformed that team. That team went from eight and eight to 12 and four. But what I'm saying is, if I'm saying with one, any other quarterback, not with any with Jameis Winston, that was a middling team. If you put Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick, who they had the year prior, and they still had that defense. That's a middling team. Half of the quarterbacks in the NFL, that's still going to be a middling team. One guy went to that situation and he changed the situation. I'm not saying if without all the other pieces, they're not still going to be good. I'm saying the team, the way that team was constructed, all they needed was that one guy. To, yeah, to steady the if boat. you build it, he will come. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is my point is that there's no no player ever in the history of the NFL was taken in the draft and and everyone thought, OK, we're done. That's it. We don't have to do anything else. Andrew Luck, prime example, one of the highest rated quarterbacks in NFL history when it comes to prospects, goes to a team, gets the shit kicked out of him and retires after nine years. They made the playoffs what three times in his whole career? I'm trying to figure out would you would the folks in Indianapolis say paid Manning? I don't. I, I yeah. Now that you brought it up, I'm trying to think, but <laughs> that's beside the point. What I um, and I was. I'll I'll address it in my walk off this week, but I was really just trolling a lot last I week because I was I, having fun I, with. I'd it. also say Adrian Peterson. He went um, completely changed. Also, I'd say Randy Moss went to. Minnesota and just completely changed that whole. Yeah, but they situation. didn't do anything. They ended up going to the playoffs that first year. One field goal away from making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but that says exactly. And how many Super Bowls have the Vikings ever won? Zero. That number is still zero. But, you, you, but your point wasn't they immediately go on to win the Super Bowl. You said they become a better team. No, no, no. I what I'm my overall point is to win this. Like no one player comes in and turns a team into a like now they're dominant. Here we go. Tom Brady. Because even with Randy Moss, it was that first year. Peyton Manning his first year through more interceptions, I think, than any rookie quarterback in the history of the NFL until last year. Again, the we got to get off this point. We're believing. Yeah, I know. We're just gonna we're gonna run a semantic this. Yeah, I know. My best draft overall. Uh, everyone probably thinks I'm going to say the Jets, but I'm not. I'm going to say the Los Angeles Chargers because the Chargers already had the quarterback. They went out and got Rashawn Slater, who is arguably 1A with Penny Sewell. Asante Samuel Jr., uh, the corner out of Florida State, is going to give them a lot of uh, a lot more leeway. Derwin they went, James, they got, stay healthy, please. Yeah. Yes, exactly. If Derwin James can stay healthy, they uh, got a lot of weapons on offense throughout this draft. They got a couple of uh, players for defense. But I think the Rashawn Slater, Josh Palmer, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, and Asante Samuel Jr. in the top three rounds was a lot of stuff that they needed. Justin Herbert is a good quarterback. No matter what anybody says, he needed a little more protection. That's exactly what they went out and got him. Plus their free agency moves. I think if you come, that's what I was going to say. I wasn't looking at this as just as uh, purely from the draft perspective i was looking at it as a team overall moving going forward in the future like we talked about before so i think the chargers addressed a lot of needs 
exactly what they needed to do. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't, oh my God, it's, you know, Jamar Chase, all these fantasy football fucking experts always want to take wide receivers and running backs in the first five picks because, oh, there's a chance for the team. The Chargers went out and ex- did exactly what they needed to do. Protect Justin Herbert, build up that defense, and Derwin James will come back healthy, and they're going to be good to go. Joe, who did you have? Well, Brennan, in that similar vein, I picked a team that drafted their quarterback last year. I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins Yo! executed everything they needed to do in this draft. <clears throat> I would have wanted them to have uh, picked up Penn Sewell with the first pick, but they went and got Jalen Waddle, a much needed uh, acquisition for Tua to have a first round, not first round talent, but a first, a top tier receiving threat. Um, yeah. Pair him up with Devontae Parker and Will Fuller, the fifth or Will Fuller V as I call him, who they draft, uh, who they snagged in uh, uh free agency. Yeah. They'll um, have him for like five games. What's your over under on him? <laughs> well, he's suspended for at least one game. I believe. <laughs> I forgot um, about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. PDs, baby. Um, baby. Then they took a gamble. I mean, it, a lot of this, uh, my draft grade depends on the health of Jalen Phillips because like absolutely you outlined last week he had some concussion things that made him force him to retire from UCLA but then he went to the University of Miami where he was able to stay healthy for an entire season um hopefully he can have some longevity in this but this is a dangerous game um then they addressed some secondary help again Javon Howell Holland sorry Holland, out of Oregon yeah. and then they finally got the offensive tackle and I say finally, but that was the 10th pick in the second round because they had yep. so many early picks. Uh, and Liam Eikenberg fucking, is a good tackle. They were stacked to the gills. And then they went and got a second tight end to put next to Jacecki. So they could potentially have five starters in this draft uh, immediately, which would yep. be insane. Um, that's exactly what you want, too. And that's that's a. Great point with the Jalen Phillips thing. That guy, we talked about it. He's a monster, but he's got some issues trying to stay healthy. A lot of this hinges on his health, but even without that, I think they've built a juggernaut that is going to contend for a lot in the AFC East on the premise that now, too, is a year removed from that hip injury. and Finally fully healthy. Yeah. Stellar. What do, what do you how do you think Buffalo feels where Tom Brady finally leaves New England? Buffalo kind of gets on a roll and they're like, this is ours for the next fucking 10 years. And then Miami's like, ah, wait, well, <laughs> hang on a second. We're yeah. actually going to be in this next year. Here we go. And I mean, we didn't go. We didn't pick them as one of the teams, but and the Jets actually. Jets, yeah, they tried to shove it down my throat and they addressed every question I had going into yep. the draft. And but, yeah, I was really excited with them because they again, did in my mind, everything right. You know, you t- I mean, mm. we don't know if the Zach Wilson pick is the right pick, but as far as you take the quarterback, then you take someone to protect him. Then you give him a weapon. It's like, okay, here we go. Now we're, now we're building Having the fortune of Elijah Moore dropping to the oh my second God. round for them. Insane. How many times did I text you? Like, why didn't we take Elijah Moore? What the yeah. fuck's going on with Elijah Look, Moore? I was tweeting like how, I don't know why. Uh, the Ravens would not just go back to back receivers right there. Just call it a day at that position. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was insane. Uh, we haven't talked about our teams yet. Yes. Because they so were they obviously the weren't the biggest shock, and we didn't think they had the best <laughs> draft. Um, on the rundown, you got the Jags first, so I'll take it first. Uh, I was 
I was excited. I mean, obviously, it's Trevor Lawrence. He's a uh, considered a generational talent. The one thing I will say in a lot of the grades and stuff is I know I always uh, tout the 50% bust for first-round quarterbacks in the last 20 years. I know I say that all the time, but Trevor Lawrence's grade is compared to uh, Andrew Luck, John Elway, Dan Marino, those kind of guys. So, And mind you, John Elway was not good his first two years, but neither was Josh Allen, and he was an MVP candidate last year. So I uh, am on board. I'm going to not be a bad fan and question everything, which is what I do a lot of the time. I'm going to be on board. Disappointed with the ETN pick. I know I'm going to talk myself into it by the time uh, minicamp rolls around, but it's just the uh, Trevon Morwig, the safety out of TCU, highest ranked safety in the draft was there. Elijah Moore was there. I thought those would have been two picks that uh, would have been better served or an offensive lineman. We got a couple of guys, Andre Cisco out of Syracuse, the safety, fantastic player. Reason he fell so far though to the, I think it was third or fourth round was because tore his ACL last season. Coming back from that, same thing with Walker Little, the tackle, uh, hasn't played in two years. So tore his ACL the first game of the 2019 season and then opted out of last season. So a lot of big swings the Jags took. Other than Trevor Lawrence, it's a lot of, if these guys hit, they'll really hit. But Joe, you know as well as I do, statistically, that's not how that works in the NFL. <laughs> so, Terrible time to throw it to me as I had to yawn. Uh, I know. No, I, that, I was just about to be like, always uh... a big swing. It's always a big swing because if everybody were to pan out, then we'd have no need for the draft because everybody would be 10-year pros. Yeah. Um, we'd so, have the draft once a, once a decade. Yeah, once every three years. Uh, um, so my outlook for my... Philadelphia Eagles um, didn't love it. Ooh. Uh, I know people might have thought otherwise because we traded up and got Devontae Smith. Um, didn't love that. Uh, hated that. Um, Ooh, okay. Talk to me. They traded up all all drafts, period. I've been saying they need to address the offensive line and the linebacking yep. position. Um, one offensive lineman taking this entire draft. One offensive lineman, one outside linebacker, so a rush option. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be in a 3-4 or 4-3 yet. Um, yeah, you took a DN and an outside linebacker. And so they traded up with Dallas and then let Dallas get the linebacker that we should have got. I was oh very my gosh, that was a, by that. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, that okay, dude's going to so, transform. I, and they already have Van Der Esch on that defense. That, that, that linebacking course, I think one of the top in the NFL now. I was basically, I, I think I tweeted out like, okay, so for the next 10 years, we're going to have to face the guy that we should have had. Um, Devontae God, Smith, he's undersized make, oh, receiver. Um, undersized being that he's like, Weighs 160 pounds soaking wet. Um, who knows? 168 soaking wet, but mm-hmm. um, barely six foot. Also, got an offensive lineman uh, who will probably play so either guard or tackle. Um, he's very flexible. He's going to start right away, though. Yeah, and then he'll eventually take over because he was drafted as a center. He'll eventually take over for um, Jason Kelsey. Um, we address D tackle, which I don't know why, since we have like five. D tackles already. You got that seven was our now. Third pick. <laughs> uh, went cornerback later than I would have wanted. Again, we went uh, all, we went linebacker in the seventh round. Um, we got a good draft grade from Mel Kiper, but I am not enthusiastic about this. Um, I would way rather 
have uh, Micah Parsons and Elijah Moore. You could have got Elijah Moore in the second round. Yep, <laughs> everyone could have. God, he's gonna he's gonna play out of his mind since he was passed right. up by every team. And then, um, or I just one wanted of the, one of the because uh, the Chargers got that tackle at third, right? I mean, at thirteen. 13, yeah. Even if no we one don't thought trade, he would we could have got him at 12. No one thought he was going to fall that far, too. Slater like, was literally 1B with Penny Sewell. Yeah. Could have traded up and gotten... The trade up to 10, you could have gotten so much more. But now you give the Cowboys something for down the line, and you just got a receiver. And the last, what, five years we've drafted a receiver... None of them panned out. That's why we keep drafting receivers. Yeah. Well, and I saw an interesting, I heard on another podcast, an interesting statistic that the um, production drop off from a wide receiver taken in the top 10, like, excuse me, out of the top. So say there's 30 wide receivers, one through 10, the production differential is only like 54%. So it's like a coin flip. Like it's yeah. not even, it's like if you take a receiver early versus late, it's like a 54% difference as far as production or percentile or something. Basically, it's a coin flip. So you can wait and take a wide receiver a little later because wide receiver, a lot like running back at those super athletic positions, they're separated by mere tenths of a second. So you can find someone later. We've seen it. Antonio Brown is one of the most recent examples. Look, I'm going to, this podcast is a T Higgin podcast because I will say again that I felt we should have drafted T Higgins last year. He fell to the second round. (laughs) Yep. Just like Elijah Moore, baby. Just like Elijah Moore. Just like Amari Rodgers, who was picked in the third round by the Packers, who finally decided to pick a, a draft a wideout third. Um, yeah, after that's going crazy. Defense, defense, I believe. I, f- I find this defense, interesting. Offensive line. That might have been what the Packers did. I find it interesting what uh, we're talking about now. So if you look at certain experts' draft grades and then compared to how the fan base thinks about it, you're kind of like, wait, what? And that's actually what my yeah, walk-off no, think, later on will be all like about. A plus for this, or A minus, I mean. A B minus plus. or a B plus, yeah. Like, yeah. No, this is just because you they got Devontae Smith. Like, that's not... Yes, we needed receivers, but I don't think that's where we should have... Well, there, you we needed receivers because s- they always get hurt, and then you drafted the most frail wide receiver in the draft. <laughs> it's like you could have gotten a way stout receiver, but you also could have drafted something that was more emphasis. Receiver wasn't. We literally addressed receiver with the first pick last year in Jalen Rieger. So you're going after another receiver the next year, and you have a quarterback that you're 50 50 on. Yeah. Like, you don't even not, know if he's the quarterback. No. You need to build out the defense again. You need to build out the offensive line to protect the quarterback. But <sighs> moving I'm, on. I'm not happy. <laughs> moving on. Yes. Uh, what's the next question I got? Brennan, best who, undrafted. A lot of players went undrafted in this draft. Who do you think is the best player that was left available who probably has signed with another team by now? All right. So my player has signed with the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of Boca Raton, Florida, Florida Atlantic University zone, Leighton McCarthy. This feels um, like a homer pick. It is a homer <laughs> pick. So McCarthy ended his He's career. He's also wearing um, a FAU shirt for folks. Yeah, for those of you so listening. You know. Uh, McCarthy um, ended his career at FAU, uh, second most career sacks, uh, third most quarterback hurries in the program's history, led Conference USA in sacks in 2020, led Conference USA, um, excuse me, uh, in pass, uh, excuse me, pressures in 2020, 
Had a five-year career with the Owls, 161 tackles, 35 tackles for loss, and 50 games played. Um, All-Conference USA second team, and then All-Conference USA first team. Nine sacks last year. Obviously, Florida Atlantic. The only two players we uh, got picked up by the pros this year, BJ Emmons, the uh, running back, but I'm going defense. Late McCarthy is my favorite, best player, undrafted. Okay. Homer pick. Homerific. Um my best player draft uh undrafted. Um I don't know how Marvin Wilson went from a top ten pick if he would have left last year to being undrafted. I mean, I know how because of age and attrition and injury, but he was about as sure as a D tackle you could have found in this draft. Again, he was supposed to be a top ten pick if he would have left last year. Decided to stay and help uh the new coach. And then had beef with the new coach. Um, oh, yeah. I remember all that. Uh, many, many of beefs with the new coach. But I won't even get into that. Um, then he got hurt again. And um, so oh, is that why he fell? That's I guess that's why he ended up falling. Um, yeah, but he was still slotted as the eighth best D tackle. And got looked over. So. Uh, he went to the Cleveland Browns. Um, they'll provide a lot of uh, support for him on the edges with uh, uh, David Clowney and, and Clowney. Yeah. Um, so that'll make the holes up the middle a lot easier. So he might look like a, how did we miss on this guy? Yeah. He, that's exactly what's going to happen. Circumstance. Um, also, I don't, if he can stay healthy, I didn't see where he signed, but do you know where Dylan Moses went? Um, the linebacker out of Alabama. Dylan Moses. Did he go to the Jags? Yeah, he did. Okay, yeah, but I think he went to the Jags. So yeah, I thought that was a good. Uh, I was thinking about it, guys. and then when you said Alabama, I was like, oh yeah, I remember they signed. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. As soon as I said it again, I was like, I think he did go to the Jags. Um, I like that for you guys um, as well. That was the other guy I thought because um, we've been hearing about him since he was a fucking kid. Uh, yeah, injuries ended up hampering his draft stock as well, but um. I mean, there's been guys who've gone undrafted and gone on to be some of the best players we've seen. So, Yeah, and it happens on every level. We've seen it. I mean, you see it in high school, uh, especially in college. Guys are walk-ons, Baker Mayfield. Um, and then you see in the NFL, too, undrafted free agents. You know, C.J. Robinson, third best running back in the NFL last year. Anyway, moving on. C.J. Robinson. Who's C.J. Robinson? Who's C.J. Robinson? Huh? Who's CJ Robinson? Um, James Robinson? The running. Jan- yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said <laughs> Who CJ. Who is CJ Robinson? Yeah, you said that, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I said CJ. James Robinson. God, All why right, did I say CJ? That's enough talk. Brennan's getting loopy. All right, folks. On to actual gameplay. So sick and tired of talking about the draft. Actual gameplay. Last night, the Milwaukee Bucks took on the... New Jersey, not New Jersey, took on the Brooklyn Nets. I like New Jersey better. It has the bang, bang. Took on the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Kevin Durant played 40 minutes in total. Kyrie Irving decided this was a game he could show up to. Brennan, what was the end result of this clash of titans? Bucks beat the Nets, even though Kevin Durant went toe-to-toe with Gianna, um, Antetokounmpo. It was... I don't. I don't know what to well, make of this game. Bailed on the name there, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I didn't bail. <laughs> it's Giannis. 
What is you said Giannis. Is, I was like, he's making a woman. <laughs> that, it's funny you say that because as I said the first name, because I always say the last name. Yeah. And as yeah. I said the first name, I was like, that doesn't sound right. So I just went Giannis. Antetokounmpo. Can nail the last name. Got it. Um, I was like, no, I thought it was. I uh, Is that a female name? I don't know. Um, Gianna. You, you, you stopped at oh, Gianna. Gianna. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a horrible joke. Anyway. Um. Thank you. Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> went toe-to-toe with KD. KD is back on fire, but did not save them. Do you did think James Harden being out had a lot to do with this? Or what are you, where are you at with that? Um, where I'm at with that is I don't know how far Brooklyn can make it because they always have one man out. They've only played seven games together. I don't really know how it's going to mesh. Uh, you need chemistry you need muscle memory with these type of games with your complete unit um so i i think it it could it could literally fall apart in the playoffs um just because similar to people are saying like oh this is not the same as the clippers last year the clippers last year played 13 games together as a full lineup they yeah. only played seven i don't know yeah. how people think this could not be the same thing uh yes the players are better but I mean, better teams have gone down earlier. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up losing to a Milwaukee or a, um, I don't think the 76ers, because again, they don't have enough people to get a shot. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very skeptical. They are the best talented team, most talented team, but I'm super skeptical because if Giannis can get 49 just walking into the gym, Chris Middleton can go off. Drew Holiday can go off. Um, well, all they needed was Brooke Lopez to have a halfway decent game because nobody on that net team can cover him. Yeah, I think um, I will give uh, Blake Griffin a little bit of props. Uh, I thought he was going to be a shell of himself. He's actually been playing a lot better than I anticipated for them. Also, I think there's a lot of Milwaukee Bucks fatigue in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's why they haven't been a storyline all year, basically. Yeah, the last two years, it was, oh, my God, best team in the East. Like, they're a powerhouse. They're going to steamroll people, and then they get bounced. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with why they're not being perceived as a top team right now. All the shows, including ours, we talk a lot about the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets when it comes to the East. But, you know, I I just bar- I barely talk about the Bucks, and I just yeah. think... I and I think I have fatigue, you know. Anta Dekumpo won in the MVPs and then, you know, getting bounced so early, I'm like, all right, I'm over this team. No, it was two so, years of hype. Uh and this, yep. the national media has essentially soured on them. Um and they need we need a new narrative. Uh so that's why the Nets And Brooklyn and the brought it to us this year. Brooklyn brought it. The Sixers have improved with Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey at the helm. Um so yeah, I mean but I still think Milwaukee's deadly because that Drew Holiday trade, uh, I think, is the catalyst to taking this team to the next level. Yeah, I completely agree. I just, I think it's, I definitely think it's going to be interesting in the playoffs, especially because if Milwaukee can actually put it together, everyone's going to be kicking themselves that exactly. we spent the last two years hyping them up and they got bounced. And now this year we didn't hype them up and then they actually succeeded. They didn't even talk about them and then they yeah. just take somebody out. They just start steamrolling people. 119 point something points per game. Best in the uh, NBA right now. Yeah. I would say they're the quiet, 
quietly. Um, 39.3% three-point shooting, second best in the NBA. So they're not, you know, they're known as a defensive team, but they're playing really good offense. Yeah. I think, do they have the best points differential in the league? I'm not sure about the, I know the best PPG in the league. I was looking at differential. Um, yeah, because I could tell you how much better they are than their opponents. Yeah, and they led the led, led last year and the year before they led in that, I believe, both years. They led, 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 led. I'm having a stroke. Obviously, yeah. CJ Robinson. God, I'm a fucking idiot. I love you, James Robinson, and I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. Thinking about that later. I was googling CJ Robinson. I was like, why was that name even in my head? You think it's CJ Ham, former fullback for the no. No, nope, <laughs> for the Vikings, I try to give you. Don't know why CJ Robinson uh, was in my head, and well, then you called me on it, and I was still I like, "No, to. that's what I it was is." Like CJ Robinson, <laughs> James Robinson, Jam- I've uh, waited on him several times. He's a friend. <laughs> He's God. a friend. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of a friend, Brennan's Boston Celtics had to climb out of the ashes in order. Oh to my get gosh! A win over the San Antonio Spurs, an um, overtime win. Overtime win, yes. They were down at one point, I believe, by 32 points uh, to then come back and win 143-140 behind a heroic Herculean effort by one Jason Tatum, who had a 60-point performance. Brennan, talk about your C's. Um, I, I can't go into the playoffs like this. The Spurs are not... They're on the brink of being a playoff team. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I, I I can't. So the, the whole, I'm going to just sum it up. The whole season we thought, oh, well, once everyone gets healthy, once they all get together, um, Tatum and Brown and uh, Walker, once everybody gets going, Kemba Walker, we're going to be all right. And no I've Kemba been saying that. Huh? No Kemba this game. No, I know, but that's exactly the point. Like he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. There's no fluidity. I think Tatum and Brown are fantastic uh, players. I think they're fantastic as assets by themselves, but I don't think with the collection of the team, the way it is now that they're, they can play better together. And the best part about Marcus Smart in that game was he just shut the fuck up and played. And then the very next game he's taking like flopping, taking charges and shit. You know what I mean? It's like, Ah, it's incredibly frustrating to watch this team. If I could quote Jerry Maguire, just shut up. Just shut up and play the game. Because I the C's are out. First round out in the playoffs. Ooh. I'm calling it now. Wow. Um, they might drop all the way down to the play-in game situation. Uh, I know they were sitting at six for a while, but I don't... I I mean, I, I, I don't know what the hell is going on. I, I do. I think... This is going to be kind of a hot take. Get the cameras ready. Video oh, breakout. Boy. We need to start recording this so I can put video breakouts on. Instagram. <laughs> um, Danny Ainge, I think, will be promoted to a position where he no longer has control over the roster development of that team. Wow. They will wow. not fire Danny Ainge, but I think they'll move him to a different position, much like John Elway for the Denver Broncos. Bring in someone else. You just need a fresh face. Brad Stevens just got an extension, so they're not going to fire him. But you need a fresh perspective on roster building. This day, we talked about it a, a few times. Space ain't cutting it for you no more. Well, it's it's not working. Something's not working. <laughs> They've been in the conference finals three out of the last four years. I remember we looked up that stat because you were shocked five. when I said it. I um, but yeah, three out of five. I keep forgetting <laughs> last year now. Um, but um, 
and some of those they had no business being in. Like when they got rocked by the, the Cavaliers one, that one year. Have, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Kyrie okay. Was we expect hurt. this. Jason Tatum was a rookie. Like what just happened? Yeah. But, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I get so disappointed, especially with teams. You know me. I always root for an underdog. That way it softens the disappointment. But with these teams going into the season, you think. Boston Celtics are an underdog? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying is I always oh, okay. root for an underdog because it softens the blow when a team is bad. Okay. But the Boston Celtics going into the season with Tatum and Kemba Walker and Brown, and they got, you know, they moved some pieces around and they're going to be good. Marcus Smart is going to bring attitude. They're fucking soft. They play <laughs> soft. And for how much I was rooting for how much I root for them and how well I thought they were going to do this year for them to come in and play like this all season, except for a couple of spurts where everything looked like it was going right is disappointing. Anyway, that's my take on the C's. Brandon, Sorry. Fiery, fiery. Takes a little C's. upset. Man, he was all in his feelings there, folks. He was, he had to, he had to, he just took off his Havlicek jersey. He just took off his Havlicek jersey <laughs> and revealed, was that, is that a Kevin Kevin McKay? Kevin McHale? Is that a Kevin McHale jersey? He has a Kevin McHale jersey on now, folks. Oh, he took that off. The Chief, Robert Parrish. <laughs> you're doing? <laughs> he has a Robert Parrish jersey on. Um, took it off. It's Larry a Bird, Bird jersey. It's yeah, Larry Bird Larry jersey. Bird. Come on, 33. Larry Legend. Oh. Had, to. Had to. Oh, he just took that off. Oh, come Ray on. Rondo. This is a very odd choice. Playoff Larry Rondo, Kevin. baby. Yeah. Number nine. Oh, he took it off. Chris, 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 Paul Pierce is what I was trying to say. Okay, there you go. Paul Pierce. There we go. <laughs> we're at speaking, like speaking of 50 Chris minutes Paul. and we're only in the second segment. <laughs> speaking of Paul's, Chris Paul has vaulted the Phoenix Suns all the way to number one in the West. Brennan, did you see it happening? Did you see it coming? Not one. I rang on the downfall of the Utah Jazz, and now they've been usurped. They've been usurped. I, I, I mean, we've been talking about it. The Phoenix Suns, with Chris Paul there, are he's transformed that team. And in the NBA, one player can literally change an entire team, and he's done that. And it's it's fascinating to watch. I don't think Aiton is going to be a, a superstar. I think he's going to be a good player, not great player. But I think Chris Paul has really pushed them to a new level. I'm excited to see the matchups coming up. Yes, and we might. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We're talking about the West now. The playoff yeah, matchups say, in the West. There's been everybody. a lot of shakeup in the West. Uh, outside of the Phoenix, hopping up to number one, Denver is uh, past the Clippers with a win over them to jump into. Just real the quick, third if I could throw spot. this in here, ten and one. Denver's ten and one since Jamal Murray went down. I thought they, I thought they were going to fall since he apart. Went down? And yeah, if oh, I'm not mistaken, has it been eleven games since he went down? That's crazy. Yeah, they're ten and one since he went down, or nine and okay. one, something like that. But I'm, yeah. I'm really happy for you and your Denver Nuggets because Jokic no. is like, no, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, that's why, one, he's the MVP, like I've been saying all year. And two, I, I had no qualms about the regular season. It's the postseason where we really needed him. It's yeah. the postseason where the game gets slower, the game gets tighter, it's half court, and you need people who can take and make their own shots. And he's a shot creator. And we're going to miss that um, going forward. I'm, I'm shocked we were able to keep this up with uh, we ended up losing his backup immediately, Monte Morris. And then we yeah. lost Will Barton right after that. So that's what I'm more impressed by. Um, shout out to Coach Malone for uh, keeping the boys on track. But um, yes, we jumped to the third spot, which is I'm very mad because two days ago, I really wanted the third spot. Now I don't want the third you spot. You don't want the third <laughs> spot at all. <laughs> two days ago. No one wants to play the, the Lakers, Lakers with. Yeah. Two days ago, the Lakers were at five. 
And now they're at six. So it's like, God damn, we, I just got rid of them. Um, so yeah, I, that could be a potential matchup. Uh, Dallas, after all their bitching, complaining, yeah. and moaning, have Heaven jumped from seven yeah. to fifth in the West. Portland has dropped down to seventh. The Lakers could find their way in the playing game. LeBron and AD are back, but they've still lost three straight. Um, they're on a downward trajectory. Brandon, you you had something to say about a specific team that is currently sitting at the 10 spot. Yeah, so I wanted to bring this up after the game with the Celtics. The San Antonio Spurs played them super hard, and it went to overtime. Everyone thought the Spurs were going to win that game. I wanted to kind of, I don't know, ask you a question or kind of bounce this off of you. What the fuck is going on with the San Antonio Spurs? I think I said when we this talked two about weeks it. Ago. Yeah, well, as I was say when we talked about it two weeks ago, I was like, well, they should kind of pack it in, you know. But you were like, Pop's not going to do that. There's no way Pop's going to do that. And I was like, yeah, but it's not up to him. The GM could be like, yo, sit these play. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know Pop runs that team, so I don't. I'm just confused because they can't possibly think they're going to make any noise in the playoffs yet. Pop will not let them lay off the gas. Pop is a military man and a man with pride. Um, also, Honor. he has a lot of young players, and similar to why we said the Pelicans, like teams would not tank, um, like the Pelicans, they want that experience for those guys. Yep. Pop wants experience for his guys. Um, that okay, that makes sense. Okay, when names, you think about it like that, that makes a lot right yeah. now. But at one point, Ginobili and Parker were nameless, faceless Europeans, and now they're household names. So. The Spurs, all they're doing is building. I think yeah. this is DeRozan's last season. Um, he'll end up moving on. But um, no, going when you say forward, it like that, it makes a lot more sense. I yeah, feel I feel forward, dumb now. The core um, will definitely find their way. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm really scared about the first round matchups. In, in yeah. West. Absolutely, especially with that three six right now, the way it says. I'm, I'm I need hoping the Lakers to start winning games again, <laughs> or you need the Clippers to jump you, and then nah, Clippers, Clippers, will whack. Clippers won't Clip- figure it out. <laughs> P, man, fucking they trade won't that figure it out. Anyway. We took it right to them the other day. Shout out to the big Joker. We got the big Joker big when Joker. we go to the table, baby. For the folks that play spades, they'll understand that. Oh, I get it. Well, why did I do that? Oh, no, because we're going to hockey. I was I know I did that because I don't have those music cues in here, folks. Look you a little behind the curtains. Um, yes, Brendan, we are going to hockey. Like I said in the teaser, uh, we have this is the last week, Brendan. It's the last yep. week of games, last slate of games. So how do you feel about where your lightning are currently positioned? Okay, so it's the last week of games. It's going to take a lot to kind of, I mean, we've clinched the playoffs, which is cool. We are now number two in the Central, jumping your Florida Panthers. I mean, oh, we're tied. You guys have a game yeah. in hand. <laughs> it's only because yeah. you guys have a game in hand. Yeah. So it's um, I don't know. I'm excited. I actually, I think I talked about this last week or the week before. I genuinely like going into the playoffs not being a super top seed for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the reason I say that is because there were a couple of times where we were the number one team in the NHL, most like broke records for points scored and all this kind of stuff um, or points go like, you know what I mean? Uh, going into yeah. the playoffs and then we lost in the first round. So I like this uh, not low expectations, but lowered expectations going into the playoffs. Uh, Tampa Bay has been playing relatively well. Um, 
Basically, out of the last six, we've won five, so that's that's good. But we're playing all the same teams as we've discussed at nauseum before. So, I like where we're at, sitting at seventy three points. I'm, I like how we're going into the playoff picture. Still have a possibility of claiming that first seed, by the way, and that could happen. Yeah, we do. Um, Panthers are currently third behind Brennan's beloved Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, again, because they have a point, a game in hand. Um, but we've clinched the playoffs. We clinched the playoffs in. Only uh, Panthers fashion. Uh, we were playing the Nashville Predators. We were down 4-3 after Bobrovsky had gave up some very terrible goals. Uh, then we put the kid in, Spencer Knight, the rookie, who I, I don't remember if I talked about it last week, but they didn't think he was going to make it to the bigs this year because he was in college just a couple months ago. Um, oh, wow. Literally. You did not talk about college. that because that's super interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I talked about him early, early on because I was talking about how we signed Bobrovsky and we wanted to get from under okay. the contract and Dreeter was playing better than Bobrovsky most of the season. But um, yeah, so they brought up Spencer Knight immediately, not sending him to the minors or anything, putting him right in the big leads. He came in for Bobrovsky that game, kept the net clean. We ended up scoring four goals to win 7-4 in a bludgeoning Um and then we went on to beat the uh, Chicago Blackhawks in the next two games with Spencer Knight in the goal for one of those games. Um, so, yeah, feeling good. Hot hand right now. Everybody's scoring. Bobrovsky, not Bobrovsky, Barkoff. They got to change their names. Barkoff, Duclair, getting it done. Hoover dude is doing the damn thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling good. Brennan, uh, as, yeah. we said, as we said, uh, you're two. I'm three currently. Um, should we make some sort of wager if we are to see each other in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Do you want to do the Tony Kornheiser, Mike Wilbon wager? Yeah. Meal at your place, meal at my place. Yep. So if I win, you have to come here or to New York City, wherever I am. I, I was talking about the restaurants we work at, the respective restaurants we work at. Oh, no. <laughs> no. That is not. I mean, I love a good sandwich and everything, but that is. That's like a $90 per person average difference. I get what you're saying, but we will make a friendly wager. We'll bet a meal on it. Steak yes, dinner. Yes, yes. Steak dinner. All right. Boom. All right. Well, here Brandon, we go. You know what it's time for? And we need to make it quick. And you'll be surprised how quick and quick name it hits. Quick hit. Quick, quick hits. hits. Brennan. Yes. Back to the NBA for a short second. We were told, we were led to believe by someone who will not be named who is no longer with us. Um, we were led to believe that LaMelo Ball was going to miss the entirety of the NBA season after suffering a hand injury, but triumphantly. The young man has made his return, Brennan. Did you He's get back, any? baby. Did you see any of this? I did not um, get to see. It. I watched the highlights, but I didn't get to see it actually in game. Uh, you can. He's lie. playing, huh? You can lie. Oh yeah, I totally saw it in game. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Good no, job. doing his. Deal. Yeah, he's uh, he's been. I mean, he just came back, but. I'm excited to see what happens because they, the Charlotte Hornets were rolling and then he went down and everyone was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, he's been playing kind of out of his mind or he was, and now he's back. 
So I'm excited to see where this, where we go, especially with the, you know, playoffs coming up and everything like that. Um, are they in the playoff picture? Let me double check on that. No, I'm double checking that now. But yeah. Um, yeah. So they're in the eighth seed right now. I think they ended up sliding out. Yeah. So they were at the four seed and they've, they kind of plummeted, especially after he and Gordon Hayward went down, but they were able to hover with those Hornet wings. They were able to hover around the playing game. So they're still in it. Yeah, and then that uh, Lamelo uh, doing the full court pass to Rogier for the buzzer beater was uh, pretty cool. Um, he's just—he looks like he's coming back on. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see where they go from here. So right. I mean, they, Good they did lose to, to the Heat. Um, so Fulham update. We're getting relegated. Yeah. We're getting relegated. Oh, are you? I'm sorry to hear We're that, here. man. Yeah, it's not official yet. I mean. But Theoretically, it's there's a path, but yeah, no, we dropped the ball. We dropped the ball, literally and figuratively. After getting our heads caved in in literally 15 minutes by Man City in the second half, after holding them nil-nil. That the phrase half. has, I'm just going to throw this in here real quick. That phrase has a whole weird new meaning because I've been watching the show The Undoing on HBO with my beautiful girlfriend, Savannah, and the girl who gets murdered literally gets her head caved in. So it's weird when people say it now. Anyway, continue. Head caved in. Fulham. So they got the hair caved in within 15 minutes by Man City. Um, the next game, they were playing Leeds, where they could have picked up three points, could have picked up one point. But after scoring their first goal, they immediately gave up a goal to Leeds. And then when nah, they shit. had the opportunity to then score another goal, they didn't. And Leeds went the full length of the field the other way, and they got a goal to ice that game. The next game, after scoring one goal immediately, Mitro getting his first goal in like a couple months, everybody was feeling good, feeling great. Then we gave up three goals again in about 15 minutes. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> it was insane. Then we go to Wolves, and it's a nil-nil game pretty much to the end. Extra time, they get a goal to win the game, so we lose in extra times there, dropping those points. Uh, we could beat Arsenal, one of the teams that was going to break off into the Super League. We could beat them. We're up for 95 minutes, Brennan. 95 minutes and 59 seconds. And then they get a header in extra time to then we don't get that win. We get another draw. So wow. many of opportunities we could have had. There's only four games left. Um, potential for maybe six points max. Um, potentially nine, and nine is the number that we need, but we'd also need the team that's ahead of us to get zero points in that time span. Um, so you'd have be, to... Nine points is three wins? Three wins, yeah. So we'd have to get three of the four because we're going to lose to Man United. Um, what if you won all... How many games left? Ten? Four. Six? Four. four. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you yeah. said... I don't know why I thought you no. said ten. What we if you won to, all four? If we won all four, that would be insane and that would be the would stuff you, of You wouldn't legends. be relegated then though, right? I, it, again, it depends on what happens with Newcastle, but okay. in that scenario, we beat Newcastle, so we probably definitely get in. Um but Let's yeah, go, I, TK. All four, baby. I can't. I can't see us getting all four. We we are such a fucking Jekyll and Hyde team. We don't get goals when we should, and we get goals when we shouldn't. Um, when you don't need them, you get them. And yeah, then when we you don't need take them, you care don't. of the yeah. team. There's like I can literally go back and point to about five games where we should have not including the games that I just talked about in the Arsenal game where we were winning up until literally the last minute of extra time and gave up an equalizer. Um, I can literally go back and point to about five games we should have outright won. But let's talk about somebody who went and outright went. When? 
Wan? One? 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 Juan? Juan? <clears throat> Brennan. Yes. You're a bit of a degenerate. Did you place a bet on the ponies? No, I did not. I am oh. a degenerate, but I did not. It was first year in a long time I have not bet on the Kentucky Derby. My mom is a huge Kentucky Derby fan for her 60th. We actually, well, not we, my older sister, who's more responsible than I am, took her to the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> she does a party every year for the Kentucky Derby. This was actually the first year I did not wager nor watch the Kentucky Derby. So, Joe, tell me about it. So, Bob Baffert won his record seventh Kentucky Derby. He is the, I think he's a Hall of Fame. He has to be a Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame uh, horse trainer at this point. Medine, Medina Spirit won. Medina Spirit was not the favorite. I forgot the name of the favorite right now. I can't tell you. But, um, yeah, Bob Baffert and his horses win again. He uh, Great quote by him. He says he feels like Tom Brady after winning his seventh. So, shout out to Bob. Even shout out Bob, to Bob. The favorite was no, Bourbonic. No. What? Bur Bonic. Like yeah, bourbon. That was not the favorite. Bourbonic. Bourbonic? Not the favorite. B O U R B O N I C. Spirit or something. No, that was forever ago. Um, no. Because you're thinking of American Fair. Essential. Oh, I'm sorry. Essential, essential quality. Yeah, there we go. I was like, it was not that. I know the favorite. Wait, why is it? I typed Bourbonic. in the Kentucky Derby favorite and it said Bourbonic. What is this? Why is this coming up? I don't know. There's, a, there's more than one race on the Kentucky Derby Day. You know that, right? Oh, I'm sorry. This must be the the I don't know. It says program number twenty horse bubonic odds plague. thirty to one. No, it said odds thirty to one. This is a horse that was in the Kentucky Derby. Oh. Anyway. Do you know Bob Baffert is the one who won it? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. And he looks like he could have been around the time of the bubonic plague. Hey. Welcome to the big leagues. All right, that's okay, Brennan. Take us away. Take us away. And Brennan, yes, sir. Okay, there we go. Joe, shut up. Nope. So, what I wanted to talk about today in my walk off is something I hinted out earlier about the draft. Um, so it's called In Good Time. With the 2021 NFL draft behind us, fans are all feeling different ways about what their teams finally decided to do this past weekend. Fan bases for the same team can be divided post-draft process. And that is all based on how you as an individual view the NFL and team building process. I have expressed my opinion in the past walk-offs on how I would build an NFL franchise. But alas, I am no GM. I am left to the decision-making efforts of the Jacksonville Jaguars front office. This year's draft was interesting, to say the least. The Jags were picking number one overall for the first time in the franchise's history, and there was a coveted quarterback at that pick, a generational talent, as some would put it. So we took him. I want it on record that I agree with the pick, and thank you for the hours of entertainment provided to me by the people I trolled over the weekend. I am not going to break down the entire draft in my grades. And by that, I mean Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper's grades of the prospects taken because they do a lot more research and a lot, watch a lot more film than I ever could. But I want to show a few examples of how divided a specific fan base, in this case, the Jacksonville Jaguars, is on certain picks. And the fact that all parties involved can be right all at the same time. A few examples from Jacksonville. 
And I'm sure other fan bases do the same thing. Number one, Trevor Lawrence. So he's a generational talent, but 50% of first round quarterbacks are a bust. And is Minshew really that bad if Trevor Lawrence busts? Number two, Travis Etienne, game breaking speed and catchability. But the Jags don't need a running back, especially not in the first round over offensive line and safety, which were both huge needs. Walker Little, huge athletic and a well-rested tackle. But he hasn't played in two years and he's injury prone. Andre Sisco, great value, and guys come back from ACL tears all the time with no problems. Hasn't played in over a year due to injury, and there were better safeties we could have taken earlier. This is just a quick devil's advocate example of how fans of the same team rooting for the same wins can be so divided on how that is achieved. The worst part is both parties are right. In the end, the NFL is the ultimate team sport, so no one player, no matter who it is, can change the outcome of a franchise alone. What is even worse for a petty person like me is that the stuff I end up being right about, no one actually cares because everyone thinks they're right, no matter how many facts you put in their face. The truth about all the players taken this past weekend will come out all in good time. Well, Brennan, that's it. uh, Oh, I did put a little blurb in here. Oh, go. No, go ahead. We had a blurb. Oh, I was just going to say that all, um, this walk off kind of goes against my team failing players philosophy, but I wanted to end it <laughs> with the title in the end. So that's why I did that. No, I was going to say, man, you right. you picked. We both decided to write something about the draft. Uh, my walk off. You got a New Jersey on now, death. too. Joe's got a New Jersey on. <laughs> yes, I've changed into my work shirt. Um, just taking one thing out of my routine so I don't have to do that later. Um, so, yeah, I also wrote about the draft, but I decided to take a heartfelt story and highlight. Oh, that I know where of, you're going. Instead of uh, trying to lambaste the organization. Now, Brennan, shut up. Shut up. All right. Going home is the title of my walk off this week. With the number 24 pick. Is that what you thought? I want to. I'm asking you a question. Is that what you thought? This is oh, you, you actually froze for a second. That's why oh, I was. Did I? Oh, is this where you yeah. thought I was going? Yeah. Okay. I, I, this is not where I thought we were going, but when you said you went more heartfelt, I. You figured it was. This. This, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Now shut up again. Shut up. With the number 24 pick, Najee Harris has found a home with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is remarkable being that he once didn't have a home of his own. Growing up in California, Najee Harris spent several years with his mother and four siblings in a tiny room at the Greater Richmond Interface Program Shelter in the Bay Area. Harris went on to play high school football, and he was considered the number one recruit in in the class of 2017 by scout and rivals. He committed to Alabama and was slotted on the depth chart behind Damian Harris, Bo Scarborough, and Josh Jacobs. With the back, when the backfield opened up, Harris impressed his junior years, uh, leading to many thinking that he would leave for the draft, but he returned for his senior year, and he ended up finishing his career as the all-time leader in rushing yards and total yards and touchdowns for the University of Alabama. Harris made a sojourn back to the shelter uh, he once lived at for the start of Thursday's draft, where the 23-year-old hosted a draft party and provided food for everyone in attendance. Aw. Yeah. That's him and then um, who was it? The Michigan defensive end. Petty? Uh, Petty? Petty? Petty or Page? 
Was it Petty or Page? I think it's Petty. The guy, he was a... Tuite uh, Petty? Yeah. He was um, an immigrant, a refugee, not an He was a refugee. And then his story also was pretty intense, yeah. like moving to get, you know, so he could play football, so he could get found out and then getting a scholarship and everything. Yeah. A lot of heartfelt stories in this draft. Najee Harris being amongst the top of them. Yes, sir. So Brennan, very upsetting that he's going to a team that doesn't have an offensive line and is ranked towards the bottom in rushing every single season in the last decade. And, well, every single season in the last decade. Yeah. I, Even when Lev? 14th was the highest they ever were. Huh. Well, I in guess because you had Lev, who was basically an all-purpose back. So yeah, he's catching a lot of the balls, too. from the running back position. That yeah, exactly. They would be top tier. Well. All right. Brennan, it's time. For the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. That was me trying to figure out, did I accidentally play the press conference drop earlier? <laughs> like, wait a second. Um, no, you did the quickest. I know, but I usually have it organized like on the flow of the show, but that was second. Uh, okay. And I was like, wait a second, why is that second? Uh, Brennan. Plug everything. Yes. Uh, so Brennan T comedy on all social media. I do stand up comedy. Um, check my website, Brennan T comedy.com for upcoming dates. You can also check out my other podcast. Uh, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. So a fun podcast where I have guests on Joe has been on a few times. He's few also time. the and intro bonus. music to that show and a bonus. Yep. Uh, patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif. If you want to subscribe to that show, it's really a lot of fun. We talk uh, drinking stories, party stories, getting in trouble stories with comics, musicians, actors, um, trying to get my brother-in-law who's an executive chef on there because he's got some crazy stories. So chef. check out that. Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Joe. Hey, what's going on? Uh, this is Headphone Joe. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorval. You can check out my website, joedorval.com. Uh, you can check out my hip hop album TV by Headphone Joe and also TV season two, the latest release by Headphone Joe and all social platforms. I'm doing a Mother's Week sale, Mother's Day, Mother's Week sale. Um, so everything pink in my store is currently $10 or $5 off, depending on the starting price. So you can go ahead and check that out. Um, also, the new low network. Um, you can check out this podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can. Go back and see all my great tweets from the draft at Cheering Press. Um, the only way to watch the draft is on Twitter, folks. Uh, at Cheering Press. Uh, go to a new low.co for all the other podcasts that I'm a part of. Anything that I'm not a part of, you don't have to check out. Uh, Subtle Dig is just one show. That's just mean. I'm just bullying them for some reason. I don't even know why. <laughs> I didn't plan on doing it. Uh, <laughs> Freddie, get me out of here. <laughs> And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out. Gino Hayes. Rest in peace, man. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? 
Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science slash comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, aka Leah, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.